<laughs> I just uh, feel like that there is something peculiar about today and peculiar about this service that I want to acknowledge because um, when Jesus is in the room, it's just good to acknowledge him. There are so many places where God comes in um, and they never acknowledge his presence, never acknowledge he's there. And where he is not acknowledged, he does not stay. But I always want us to be a church and I always want us to be a house where we acknowledge the presence of the Lord. That when he comes in, he has something to say. He wants to do something. He wants to blow our minds. He wants to supernaturally bless us, whatever it may be. So let's just for a moment, just lift our hands or open our mouths, whatever you want to do in this moment. But let's just acknowledge him. I just don't want this moment to pass by. And we miss this moment just to acknowledge the goodness of God, the goodness of him. What he has done, what he is trying to release to us. Come on. I feel like that God is in this moment, even in big storehouses. And if you're standing in need of something, you desire something, you can obtain it now. So, Father, we just thank you. We thank you. We release. We open up the floodgates and we say, Come, Holy Spirit, that you would come strong in our midst, that you would do something powerful, that you would do something that blows our minds again. Come on, do something record breaking. Do something we have yet to encounter. Do something yet we have yet to experience. Do something, Lord, that's going to shift the, traje the trajectory of our lives. We thank you, Lord, that you are moving us and you're shifting us into something greater. You're shifting us into something stronger. We yield to you. Come on, let's yield to him. We yield to you, Holy Spirit. We say, come. We say, do what you want to do. You have full permission. We get out of the way and we acknowledge you. We acknowledge you because you're good. We acknowledge you because you're graceful. We acknowledge you because you are holy. We acknowledge you because you are excellent. We acknowledge you because you are merciful. And we bless you, Lord. We thank you for your presence. We honor you, Holy Spirit. 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 We honor you. We honor you. We honor you for being our God. For not giving up on us. And for not throwing us away. And for not forgetting about us. For not casting away your spirit from us. We are thankful that you, you saw something beneficial in us. You saw something worth keeping and worth sustaining and worth waking up this morning. We are grateful. We are grateful. We are grateful. We are grateful, we are grateful, we are grateful. We are grateful. And I'm not calling you, I'm not turning on Sikata, the Tatunga, the Tatunga, the Tatunga, the Tatunga, the Tatunga, We thank you, we thank you, we thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the river rising.
us for something greater. You've called us for something greater. You've called us for something greater. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. toiling with this particular scripture um, for a little bit because there are many scriptures in this particular passage 
that can just be so great, so used in this. One of the key ones that we see in the scripture that we typically have heard probably is not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith God. That's one of the focal scriptures that people typically preach out of this, and I would um, and wanted to, but the Lord said, keep reading. And sometimes we get to a good point in the story, and he said, we're going to put the book down. Like, you know, let me just marry it on that. But God said, no, nah, keep going. Um, and in reading, I found out this man, Zerubbabel, was the, um, the ruler or um, the um, person who was over the tribe of Judah. Um, and he has, was given the commission to build this temple. Building a temple, of course, in that day where this thing was large in size and this edifice was much bigger than, you need a team of people to do this. However, Zerubbabel had got distracted, bothered, irritated, agitated at the fact of he could not do what he needed to do because something had stood in his way, Ms. Roz. Something had stood in his way and said, we're not going to allow you to build this temple here. The instruction was from the Lord to rebuild the temple. And how many of you all know that you have to make sure you remember and document what God said. If God said it's going to happen, it's going to happen. If God said it's going to be built, it's going to be built. If God said they would be saved, they are going to be saved. Period, point blank. If what he said is going to happen, is going to happen. And who cares what someone tries to come in the way and block what God said? It cannot be done. I have yet to know a person still surviving that tried to stop the plan of God. There's nothing that can stop the plan of God. Even Satan thought he could stop the plan of God and still could not stop. And to this day, Satan is still trying to stop the plan of God and yet is still losing. So this passage of scripture, Zerubbabel is there and he's discouraged, yet there is a prophet in the land. Which is why you need a prophetic voice in your life to put you back on track sometimes. There are times when you will get discouraged from doing what God has called you to do. But a prophetic voice can steer you back in the right way. So God sent a prophet named Zachariah. Someone say Zachariah. Zachariah was this cat, this little cool kid who said, God, you know, you're going to use me. That's fine. And he did not have much of a choice. Zachariah was able and willing to be used by God. If you read chapters 1 through 4, he goes through different visions uh, that the Lord was showing him about what to say and what to do and how to say it, how to say it. And then we get to chapter 4 and he's giving him another vision of these two trees and the running down and the olive. He's giving him this and he says, and here's what I love about the earlier portion of this chapter. Um, Zachariah's like, he's like, this messenger came to him and said, do you know what this means? And Zachariah's like, no, I don't know what this means. I don't know what you're trying to show me. Like, what the heck is you? I don't, I don't understand this. And the good thing is the angel of the Lord interrupted Zachariah and started telling him what, what this is. Sometimes, let me just prophesy this in the place, but you are about to see divine interruption. 
Now, sometimes you hate when I, because I really hate when someone cuts me off, y'all. So I like, let me get my point out, and then I can, then you can talk back. You know what I'm saying? That's just man, it's not. But if, when the angel of the Lord interrupts you to give you the interpretation of what God is showing you, that's what I am prophesying in this room that we're about to get a divine interruption. Stop in your tracks. Let me tell you what God is trying to show you. That's something great I'm trying to release to you, and I want you to receive what the Lord is saying to you. So I receive divine interruption that the angel of the Lord will come down and give me exact clarity and exact focus and understanding for what I'm trying to see. God, I don't know how in the heck I'm going to do what you're calling me to do and commissioning for me to do, but let the angel interrupt you and say, hey, uh, here's what thus saith the Lord. Divine interruption. So Zachariah gets interrupted. And the angel of the Lord comes and tells him exactly what I said. He said, go and tell Zerubbabel. Go and tell him that you're going to do what this is. And I love verse 6. The angel said, interrupted him and said, this continuous supply of oil. <laughs> Continuous supply. You're about to get a re-up. You thought your oil canister was empty. You thought something was done for. But let me tell you something. You're about to get a refill. It's not empty. There, there's more oil where that came from. There are some things that God has set in stone for you that you're about to receive and yet you think you're not worthy of. But there is a Zechariah coming in the land and let you know it's more where this came from. The angel of the Lord said, there's more oil, continuous supply. And Zerubbabel needs to understand, go to him and say, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, in whom the oil is a symbol, says the Lord of hosts. Verse 6 is a prominent scripture, like I mentioned earlier, saying that it's not in your own strength. It's not by your own ability. It's by my spirit that you'll be able to do this one. It's by the spirit of God working on the inside of you that you will be able to do this one. Verse 7, then the angel Lord said, who are you? Who do you think you are, big mountain? That stands in the way of Zerubbabel building this great temple. Who in the heck do you think you are? And although it was not a physical mountain, it was something figuratively. I thought, I'm not sure what mountain is standing in your way. I'm not sure what problem is standing in your way. I'm not sure what if you're standing in your own way. I'm not sure what your doubt, your disbelief, your lack of expectation, your lack of faith. But let me, who are you? Who do you think you are? called me to do. Mountains are huge. They're established. They've been there for years. Can't move them. Can't just push them out of the way. Yet and still, Zechariah prophesies and says that this thing called this mountain will come down as a plain and will not even be worth counting as a mountain anymore. Verse 7 who are you, great mountain of obstacle? 
So let me give you some back, some little bit of context to kind of paint this picture for you and help you understand what was going on. This temple was around 516 BC. He was trying to build this temple, yet still there was some issue. So two years into this great project, they said, we done, holla at you. We're going to stop you in your tracks. You don't have no workers. You don't have anybody. We're just shutting this whole thing down. We don't want this thing to be built. There are people around you that will always think if they walk away from you, it's going to stop the plan of God in your life. <laughs> they can, okay, cool. You won't walk away? Great. The thing is, God always had the backup crew waiting, waiting in store, waiting for what God has to do. If one doesn't want to do it, there is somebody else who will. Do not be discouraged, beloved, if you have been feeling alone. There is a crew coming to help you plant and plow in the very thing that you are called to do. Verse 7. Who are you, great mountain? Who do you think you are? But he stood there as a prophet and said, before Zerubbabel, who will build this temple, you will become a plain. You will be emphasized as insignificant. You won't even be worth calling a mountain. You're about to lose your entire identity. <laughs> you once were called a mountain. Now you're called insignificant. Can I tell you that there is a renaming happening in the spirit? And that renaming that's happening is coming to everything that tries to belittle you and try to count you out and try to call you out. That thing is being renamed today in the spirit. It's called insignificant. So next time you get a bill, you don't know how you're going to pay. Say insignificant. The next time After a while, you may have one name now, but wait till you encounter my God who calls you insignificant. And he will bring out the capstone. The capstone is the roof to something, what seals the deal. You mean to tell me a little man named Zerubbabel is going to be carrying, y'all listen to this, y'all get the, get the picture in your head, a roof to the temple? Shouting grace, grace to it. This little man carrying the roof that belongs on a temple. You see the picture? A man carrying some big old huge plain stone. So I'm going to put this thing, the final touches on it. He will bring out this thing. And here's what verse 8 says that I love. Also the word of the Lord came to me saying, Zechariah. The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundations of this house, and his hands will finish it. That does not mean, you all, that although that something happens in between start and finish, that just because something happened does not mean that it's not going to happen. Let me remind you once again, if God starts a thing, he will bring it to completion. What he starts, he finishes. And so if something is started right now, but you're trying to figure out how in the world is this thing going to come together? How the house is going to come together? How the money is going to come together? How the family is going to come together? How the business is going to come together? It doesn't matter. Don't even trouble your mind over it. If God started it, he's going to finish it. The thing is, we get so flustered over the instruction of the Lord. 
that when it does not happen the way we thought it was going to happen, we think God has forsaken us. Not so. Verse 8, and his hands will finish it. Listen, then you will know, recognize, and understand that the Lord of hosts has sent me to you. There are some people, hear me, there are some people that won't believe in God until you finish what he told you to finish. They won't believe that God really told you to do something as bizarre as you're doing. But wait until they see the finished product. They'll say, oh, you really do know a man named Jesus. Can you tell me about him? Your greatest evangelism thing moment you can have is to finish something God said and then start what he wants to start after it's finished. Verse 10. Who with reason despises the day of small things or small beginnings? For these seven shall rejoice when they see the plumb line in the hand of Zerubbabel. They are the eyes of the Lord which roam throughout the earth. It's the finishing of the vision that Zechariah saw with the messenger. Don't despise the day of just getting started. Zerubbabel is trying to figure out what the heck is going on. Getting still, he is reminded not to give up, not to throw in the towel, not to quit here. Two years came to a halt. Here's the crazy thing, you guys. It was 17 years that that construction moment stood still. 17 years is a long time to sit there and watch something. It's going to bless you in a second. 17 years to sit there and watch something God said and told you to do and watch it to sit there. What happens when you're in the vicinity of your promise and you can't touch it yet? What happens when you're in the vicinity of a blessing God told you was yours yet you can't touch it yet? What do you do? Zerubbabel got discouraged. And so someone had to come on the scene and lift him back up and then prophesy and encourage him and edify him. So take this as your moment of encouragement I'm the Lord sending you. I don't care how long you've been waiting for it. If the Lord said it's yours, you sit there and you watch it. Keep an eye on it. But just know there is a time coming and noted in history that that thing will start working again in your favor. The Lord told Zerubbabel to build it. Two years into it, it gets halted. For 17 years, it sits there. The greater thing is to this, you all, that while it was sitting there, the temple was untouched. Nothing harmed it. Nothing knocked it down. Nothing hindered it. I mean, this blessing, stop praying protection over it. It's already protected. God told you it was yours, so he's going to protect it until you can get to it. Praise the Lord. After that, construction stands still for 17 years because of opposition. After that, listen, we're in Zechariah. It was not until Haggai that the temple was released for him to start building again. And they, of course, he came out with the capstone and all was well and he conquered. And there was a promise made to the Zerubbabel in Haggai chapter 2, you can read it later, um, and said that, I'm sorry, let me go back. The temple was finished, so it started two years, Halted for 17. 
After that, it was finished. Once it got started back up again, it was finished in four years. Four years it took to finish it completely. Long time for something promised to you, right? But if God said it's going to come to pass, for the promise to the rule of you would hold on, chill, do what he has to do, that he would get a signet ring because the Lord has chosen him for this moment. He waited and patiently waited and did what the Lord told him to do. Here's my encouragement to you and really my point of saying all this. <laughs> that God has commissioned you to do what only you can do and nobody else can do it. Here's the other side of it. That promise that you're looking at, that God said is yours, that you've been waiting on for quite some time, nobody else can have that except you. So do not try and to convince, the devil convince you otherwise that it's not going to come to pass. Why? Because God said through the prophet Zechariah that after this is all done, it will be, you will come back and yell, grace, grace to it. My message, greater grace, is for you to understand there is enough grace for you in your period of waiting. And the waiting that you are experiencing right now was going to be something great. Here's the point to this. This was a great work that Zerubbabel had the honor of doing. To rebuild a temple that was dedicated to the Lord? That was a huge honor. Back in the Old Testament, man, God was not having just anybody touch the stones where his presence would dwell. So for him to be chosen is a major accomplishment. To build a church a place to host the presence of God? That's a big deal. A big deal. Yet he took the instruction, held on to it. But at the moment the word of the Lord came from Zechariah, things got back into motion because the word of the Lord was released and was received. Back in verse 6, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says God, that word spirit is the same word for ruach. R-U-A-C-H. R-U-A-C-H. It's a Hebrew word for the wind of God. It's the same as represented in Genesis chapter 1 verse 2. In the beginning, there was nothing there. And the spirit hovered over the face of the waters. But here's what I, I never knew. I never knew. I never knew, I never knew. It's a wind of a few things. Three things. Four things. Sorry. It's a wind that brings courage. A wind that comes in to bring courage to you. That you may hope again. So in verse 6, when he said, not by might, which is something that you we can have. Not by power, something that we can have. But by the courage of the Lord, this thing is going to be built. Which means that although what you're looking at right now, the Spirit of God is coming just to encourage you to say, it's going to be okay. My courage is coming to hit you and to encourage you to say, this thing is going to be fine. This wind also is a strong wind. It's a very strong gust of wind. One definition says a violent exhalation. Something that is very forcefully blown onto you. A blast of breath. But you know what though? Here's the thing guys. When this wind normally comes. Listen. It comes to the back of you. Meaning. 
that when it comes to this, typically if a large blast of wind hits you in the front of your face, it knocks you back and catches you off guard. But now this thing comes to the back of you to push you forward into what God called you to do. If you have been feeling still, you're about to swiftly move. I prophesy that to you. There's some wind, some movement, something's coming back to you to move you forward into the things that God called you to do. This wind is coming and it's going to be very violent and we must be ready for it. If not, we may blow over. So be ready. So you need the Spirit of God to help you do what God called you to do. Now, our, of course, our promise may not to be rebuilding the temple. Okay, I'm not, you know, I don't want you to think like, I'm God's going to call me to build it. No. Whatever your promise is, whatever God promised you, Miss Roz, A-Step, Rashawn, Chloe, Gosselin, Chris, Sharon, whatever, David, whatever God has called you to do and to build and just to master while you're here, there was grace to do it. There is grace to do it, but you need the Spirit of God to do so. And we all have that. The Lord said to me while studying, the absence of the Spirit of God is the present presence of the serpent of your flesh. The absence of the Spirit of God is the presence of, of the serpent of your flesh. Meaning if God's not there, something is ruling there. And if it's not the Spirit of God, it is the flesh of yours. That's trying to direct you and steer you in what to do. That's why the prophet Zechariah says, not by might nor by power. It's those two things that we can do, but we cannot conjure up the Spirit of God. That's how you know. And from what I've studied, Zechariah was the key one to build this. An entire temple with a few helps, but he was the one to do it. It will look impossible when you do what God told you to do. It will seem completely impossible, Noah, but you are going to build. There's a builder's grace to do exactly what you have to do. Um, I'm going to run through these things so you can just write them down. There are seven characteristics of Holy Spirit. And I'll be done. I'll be done. I'm just going to say them and I'll be done. Seven characteristics of Holy Spirit. But this wind wants to do with us and in us. It comes to bring you wisdom. You have to be wise to do the things that God's calling you to do. It comes to bring understanding. Because you can be wise, but there's a difference. You got to have understanding as well. Because without understanding, you'll still be ignorant. You got to understand what the Lord is saying to you. It comes to bring you counsel. It will counsel you through. It will help you through. It will push you through. It comes to bring fortitude. And that's typically meant with courage. But it means simply endurance. It comes to bring knowledge. You can have knowledge of something but not wisdom. So wisdom and knowledge work together. It comes to bring fear, which is the fear of the Lord, reverencing him, but fear of the Lord. It also comes to bring reverence, which is that, um, aside along with that. But the fear of the Lord encompasses a lot more than just reverence, but reverence also is just reverence for the things of God, not just for the Lord. 
right, you got it? Wisdom, understanding, counsel, fortitude, knowledge, reverence, and fear of the Lord. You got it? This is a wind or breath that's being released into our midst, which is going to enable us to do these greater things. And how does this all work with our series? Because the things that God is going to start calling you to after, during this series, is going to look extremely impossible. But it is so attainable. It may look, God, you may be in a store, maybe at home, and God says, come pray for that person. While you're on the phone, let's pray with them. And you just start doing some stuff like the Lord said, you don't know what you're saying. You don't know how in the heck you're saying it. You know how sometimes, you, like in a moment, you don't you think you don't know enough Bible, but the a Bible verses comes out of you. You you thought you forgot about that one. There's moments like that where you didn't think it wasn't by your your might, no power. The Spirit reminded you what to say. Don't despise what you think you can or can't handle. It's not worth it, man. God has given you the ability to do exactly what He's calling you to do. So, let's do it. There is greater grace for us. A builder's grace. A grace that is unprecedented. It has not been seen, but it's something powerful that we can obtain. I really hope you heard God today. That you heard Him speak. That He is going to give us this grace that we have that yet think, thought we would not have, but yet it's still it's, it, it rightfully belongs to us. This is coming a great power, force, to give you the ability to conquer what's in front of you. If you think there's something in front of you right now that is impossible, and you know how in the world is going to get done, please know this grace is to be that and then some. And the grace that God has given you furthermore is to do these greater miracles and these greater works and these things that he's called you to. So be not dismayed. Don't despise the day of small beginnings. Where you are is nothing compared to where you are about to be. So, be encouraged, beloved. It's all right. And God has us. He has you in the palm of his hand. What he said, he's going to do. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. What he said, he's going to do. I, can't, I can never say that enough. What he said, he's going to do. Lift up your head. Be encouraged. Be edified today. Be edified today. That he is going to do exactly what he said he's going to do. No matter what tries to stir you differently, he will finish what he said. Father, I thank you for greater grace. Grace to do these works and to accomplish these things. And I just thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do in our midst. Thank you, Lord, that every person that thinks they're not capable, they are. And I thank you that although we have been looking at something for some time, waiting for the green light to start working on it again, even while we were waiting, you were yet still working. So I thank you that you are even, I 
Thank you, Lord. I thank you. You are supernaturally speeding this process along. Because we have been faithful over a few things. Now you are making us ruler over many. Thank you, Lord, for bringing us into a wealthy place, a ready place, a ripe place. And I bless you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.